Welcome to Exploring the Catechism of the Council of Trent in a Year. I'm Mark Langley. And today we continue our discussion of Article 9. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. And uh, we will continue talking about the marks of the church. We're on the second mark of the church. The first was that the church is one. Uh, and the second is that the church is holy. Uh, and so, as we always do, we will begin by reading the text itself. Um, and then maybe we'll look at a little passage from St. Thomas in which he discusses the holiness of the church. So we begin, The second mark of the church is holiness, as we learn from these words of the Prince of the Apostles. You are a chosen generation, a holy nation. The church is called holy because she is consecrated and dedicated to God. For so other things, when set apart and dedicated to the worship of God, were wont to be called holy, even though they were material. Examples of this in the old law were vessels, vestments, and altars. In the same sense, the firstborn, who were dedicated to the Most High God, were also called holy. It should not be deemed a matter of surprise that the church, although numbering among her children many sinners, is called holy. For as those who profess any art, even though they depart from its rules, are still called artists, so in like manner the faithful, although offending in many things and violating the engagements to which they had pledged themselves, are still called holy, because they have been made the people of God and have consecrated themselves to Christ by faith and baptism. Hence, St. Paul calls the Corinthians sanctified and holy, although it is certain that among them were some who he severely rebuked as carnal and also charged with grosser crimes. The church is also to be called holy because she is united to her holy head as his body, that is, to Christ the Lord, the fountain of all holiness from whom flow the graces of the Holy Spirit and the riches of the divine bounty. St. Augustine, interpreting these words of the prophet, Preserve my soul, for I am holy, thus admirably expresses himself. Let the body of Christ boldly say, Let also that one man exclaiming from the ends of the earth boldly say with his head and under his head, I am holy. For... He received the grace of holiness, the grace of baptism, and of remission of sins. And a little further on, if all Christians and all the faithful having been baptized in Christ have put him on according to these words of the Apostle, as many of you as have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ, if they are made members of his body and yet say they are not holy, they do an injury to their head, whose members are holy. Moreover, the church alone has the legitimate worship of sacrifice and the salutary use of the sacraments, which are the efficacious instruments of divine grace used by God to produce true holiness. Hence, to possess true holiness, we must belong to this church. The church, therefore, it is clear, is holy, and holy because she is the body of Christ, by whom she is sanctified, and in whose blood she is washed. And so we see in that section the uh, catechism 
that gives us at least three reasons why the church is called holy. Uh, the first reason is because the church is consecrated and dedicated to God. Um, and so the uh, catechism uses the uh, examples of material things like vessels and vestments, um, things which are set apart and uh, called holy. And so in the same way, uh, Christians who belong to the church are set apart and consecrated, and so they are holy. Uh, the Catechism gives uh, two other reasons for the holiness of the church. Um, the second reason is because the church is united to Christ as to her holy head as his body. And so all the members of Christ's body are holy insofar as they are united to the head. Um, and so that's an interesting thing, that even if there are members who um, are not particularly holy in themselves or maybe have some defect, nonetheless, through their unification with the head, Christ himself, um, St. Augustine says, they can boldly say, I am holy. And so all Christians can say, I am holy insofar as every member of the church is united to Christ, the head who is holy and um, holiness, and he is uh, the one from whom all holiness flows. Uh, the third reason is that the church um, as the Catechism says, alone has the legitimate worship of sacrifice. And um, so the sacraments are the efficacious instruments of, of grace and holiness. And so therefore, uh, the church, all members of the church, um, and the church itself is holy because they have access to the sacraments, which are the only efficacious causes of holiness. Interestingly, the Catechism points out that um, even though there might be in the church sinners, um, it makes this comparison to artists. It says, for as those who profess any art, even though they depart from its rules, are still called artists, so in like manner the faithful, although offending in many things, are still called holy. And so, St. Thomas also has written on this, of course, in his Compendium Theologiae and other places, but there's a short section in the Compendium where St. Thomas takes up the this second mark of the Church, uh, the fact that the Church is holy. Uh, St. Thomas says in this Compendium, Concerning the second mark, holiness, it must be known that there is indeed another assembly, but it consists of the wicked, I hate the assembly of the wicked, says the psalm, uh, Psalm 25, verse 5. But such a one is evil. The church of Christ, however, is holy, for the temple of God is holy, which you are, as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Uh, St. Thomas continues, The faithful of this church are made holy because of four things. First, just as a church is cleansed materially when it is consecrated, so also the faithful are washed in the blood of Christ. 
in the book of Revelation, we read, Jesus Christ, who hath loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And that he might sanctify the people by his blood, he suffered outside the gate, as it's said in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12. The second uh, cause of the holiness of the church, St. Thomas says, is just as there is the anointing of the church, so also the faithful are anointed with a spiritual unction in order to be sanctified. Otherwise, they would not be Christians, for Christ is the same as anointed. This anointing is the grace of the Holy Spirit. He who confirms us with you in Christ and who has anointed us is God. As St. Paul says, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And you are sanctified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, as it's said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. The third reason is that the faithful are made holy because of the Trinity who dwells in the church. For wherever God dwells, that place is holy. The place where you stand is holy, um, as we read in the book of Joshua, chapter 5. And holiness befits your house, O Lord, as the psalm says, Psalm 92. Fourthly and lastly, the faithful are sanctified because God is invoked in the church. But you, Lord, are among us, and your name is called upon by us. Forsake us not, as it said in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 14. Let us therefore beware, seeing that we are thus sanctified, lest by sin we defile our soul, which is the temple of God. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? But if any man violates the temple of God, him shall God destroy, as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And so that's a little uh, different take that St. Thomas has. Uh, reflecting much in this catechism, he gives those four reasons um, whereby the church is made holy um, whereas the Catechism gives us these other three reasons, um, including this notion that just because we say the church is holy, that doesn't necessarily mean that every member of the church is holy. Um, nonetheless, the church is still um, holy, and that's the, that's the second mark of the church. Um, and so we will stop right there in our discussion of the... Um, holiness of the church and save the last two marks, the fact that the church is Catholic and apostolic for our next episode. Uh, so that's all for now. Thanks so much for joining me in this episode of Exploring the Catechism of the Council of Trent in a Year. Mar I'm Mark Langley and we'll see you next time.